Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Playing Around with Paige Renee. Welcome back to another episode of Playing Around, Tori. We don't have one guest today. We have two special guests today. Honestly, it's 8.45, 8.30 a.m., and this is the only reason I wake up for something this early are for literally these two guests. Yeah, I mean, Tori's hair is done. Her makeup's done. She's looking great. She has never looked this great for a podcast before. And I'm going to tell you why, because Josh Dumel is going to be our first guest today. When we talk daddies, daddy of all daddy. <laughs> daddy of all daddy. Chris, Dum- or Chris Long or Josh Dumel? Oh, Chris, uh, Chris Long, I've literally, my palms were like sweating talking to him. Josh Dumel is just like, does any guy his age look that good? I don't, I don't think so. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, we're excited for that. And then we also have extreme athlete JT Holmes, which I'm actually excited for because we're the complete opposite. I mean, I'm going to tell him about my near-death experience on Camelback Mountain. But besides that, like, oh. I won't even cross the street unless it tells me to cross. Like, I won't <laughs> take any risks in my life. I am not adrenaline junkie, so I'm excited to talk to him, too. Honestly, there's so many JTs in my life now, I really can't keep track. I'm like, is it Justin Timberlake? Is it JT Golfer? I don't even know his real name. Is it Justin Thomas? Is it... Just so many JTs, but I mean, before we get into that, we have to have kind of a serious talk, because we have fun on the show, but Tori, I had a mental breakdown last night. Oh my god. I did. So, as you guys know, I don't adult. I feel like I'm still a child, and I have been saving up for a very long time, and I want to get a house, and I want to buy a house. So, we found this lot, and we're going to build a home, and I was supposed to put the (laughs) – 
deposit down today. And last night I had cold feet. So I chickened out. I completely chickened out. I was like, I'm not ready for this. This is too much for me. I can't handle this right now. I'm interviewing Josh Dumel tomorrow. Like this is just too much for me to handle. And so I'm not gonna do it. I, I completely chickened out. I got cold feet. Paige. I know. But you've been looking for so long. I have, and I, I mean, I think we we found the place, but at the same time, like, it's just a lot of money. I don't like to spend a lot of money, and this would be the biggest purchase that I've ever made in my entire life, and just to put that much money down is terrifying. Like, what if we hate it? What if Instagram crashes tomorrow, and I have no job, and I can't pay for this house, and so all these scenarios are running through my head, and I'm like, I can't, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Like... I'm 27, yes, but at the same time, I feel like I'm 10 years old and I'd be moving, so my parents live really close to me, I'd be moving away from my parents, I don't know if I can handle that, I don't know if I can be independent enough, it's just like there's so many things that completely freaked me out last night. I feel like you talking through it now, there's nothing more that you need in this life than to move away into a house, just first of all in quarantine, but second of all, from your parents. I know, I know I need to grow up, but it's just scary. So. Guys, I want to know, did you have cold feet right before your big purchase of buying a house? Because I've talked to some of my friends and I talked to my sister and she said the same thing too, where they put the, the deposit down and then she had a complete breakdown as well. And I just don't know if that is um, a, an anxiety issue within my family or if that's normal right. to freak out over, you know, big life changes. I just don't think I'm good with like big changes, like Big changes really scare me. I am a creature of habit. I like consistency in my life. And I think this big change just really freaked me out. Can I ask, is this, how far away from your parents are we moving? Colorado. So I'd be moving okay. to a completely different state. Okay, so that brings a lot more clarity to why you feel like super anxious about yeah, this. Yeah, it's not just like down the street. It's like right. completely changing my life. And I would definitely keep my place here in Arizona because obviously you can't play golf year round in Colorado. Right. But still, I think it's just going somewhere new. It's almost like I'm starting over, starting fresh. And I there's part of that I really do enjoy and I like that. But at the same time, it's like my life is fine here. Like I'm happy. I, I know what to expect. Like I never really have to worry about money because the apartment that I live in isn't, yeah. it's not expensive. And there's some, there's just kind of some comfort in that where it's like, I don't have to stress about that. And it's like, if I do move to this house, am I going to have to start stressing about my finances? And I, I, I never want to do that again after there was kind of a hard period in college where, you know, my family wasn't doing that well. And it's, it's really stressful and it makes me unhappy when I don't have that security, that financial security. Well, but the nice thing is like, you're going to be moving away from your parents, but closer to your sister and everyone heard on that one podcast, like you guys are super close. <laughs> if anything, she will never let you become financially unstable. That is like her job. And like, you gotta, you gotta be the cool aunt, even though you hate babies. Like really, I don't know what's holding you back. <laughs> also the amount of sleepovers we can have once you have a place that fit, it's just going to be great. I know Tori's just thinking selfishly of herself. She's like, hmm, okay, now I can get my own room and I can go to Colorado and exactly go like ski and snowboard and go <laughs> mountains. Even though I don't know how to ski and snowboard, it sounds fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> I think I they, I think you gotta do it. You just gotta I do know. it. I, I again I think it's just this like big life change. Like anytime I've had like a milestone or a 
big change in my life, I never enjoy it. I feel like yeah. it just stresses me out. I feel like when people get a new job or they get married or they have a kid or they move, it's like a big celebration for them and they enjoy it. And I am tormented by it. Like it just stresses me out so much. And I think maybe that's why I don't progress as much as I would like maybe in my job or my life because I'm always mm-hmm. so scared of change. And I just need to like push through it and do it and then I'll be happier. But I always just think like I'm happy with what I have. I'm comfortable and yeah. that's fine. But I don't know if that's like what's holding me back and like literally everything that I do in life. Well, I mean, it sounds like your only reason is that you don't want to be out of your comfort zone. And <sighs> so change obviously is going to make yeah. you do that. And so you just have to kind of be like, I know I hate this, but I'm just going to do it. And also it's like. I mean, what else? Like, it's 2020. You know, it's been a rough year. Like, go and change it up a little bit. You've already been put out of your comfort zone to the most. There's been no golf to see. Like, nothing could be worse than that for you. So it's like, if the if the lot got taken tomorrow, would you be devastated? I think I would be relieved because I wouldn't have to make the decision. <laughs> Oh, no, that was not the answer I was looking for. I know, I know. That's so bad, though. And that's kind of like everything that happens where even if I have like a really big, great new job opportunity, part of me is always like, if it doesn't happen, I'm still fine because I won't have to like go out of my comfort zone. And I need to just stop that. I need to stop doing that. I need to take risks. I need to be okay with change because you're never going to grow or progress if you don't take those next steps. And I think I'm just so used to being comfortable and I just try to avoid anything that makes me anxious, which is literally everything. Everything. Yeah. And so I just like sit home and, and then at the same time, it's like, am I actually happy or if I'm not happy, will I be happier if I take those risks? I am just tormented daily by this anxiety that is, I mean... It just overcomes me and I can't do anything. Sounds like we should really ask JT Holmes how to like <laughs> take the big risks in life and how do you we should ask him, like, what do you weigh out your like, is it worth me risking my life or is it worth me just, you know, skipping out on the offer or not putting an offer? Dude's like jumping out of planes with no parachute. He wears like those like wingsuits, you know, they look like flying squirrels. And he's like, and you're scared to buy a house <laughs> that you can afford that he's like anyone would want he's like you're a fucking idiot his first line is gonna be like do you realize you are next to the biggest skiing like snowboarding mountains how could you say no oh gosh i don't know so that that was the crisis that i had last night oh and i also got in a twitter fight again so we're adding the cincinnati Bengals to the list of teams that I have you're kidding honestly I don't- forgot that team even existed I don't know how this continuously happens to me. I mean, I do because I'm I'm a little bit of a troll on social media, but Joe Burrow got injured and I tweeted that the Bengals don't deserve Joe Burrow, which is true. Uh, The organization does not deserve him. And I just got blasted, (laughs) blasted by Bengals fans. So in uh, Tori's face. My face is literally like... (laughs) The emoji with, like, the eye, mouth open, other eye, when it's, like. (laughs) (laughs) The fans deserve him. The organization doesn't. That's where I was going with it. But all the fans obviously got really upset. And so now my list is Padres, more specifically Padres uniforms. And then Mm. we have, I would say, all Boston sports, but specifically (laughs) Red Sox. 
<laughs> and then we have um, Notre Dame, Notre Dame fans. Yeah. And now Bengals. And I, I, I'm sure we're missing about. Or the whole, whole state of Ohio at this point. Let's just let's just throw them in there. I was going to say, we're probably missing about 10 to 15 other intense Twitter fights that we just can't recall are somewhat scattered oh, within there. Bryson DeChambeau. He has to yeah. be in there, too. It's, it's just the list. We just keep, we don't keep that's track one-sided. here. That's, that's a one-sided fight that I just keep throwing out punches and he's ignoring me because he's rich and winning tour events and has better things to do with his life than to... And he's, you know, still recovering <laughs> from his little cough, you know. From... Well, yeah, whatever happened to that? I mean, he was dizzy and needed a blood test and no update. So hopefully prayers He just didn't have any – yeah, he didn't have any credibility to back that he uh, – that was the reason why he tanked. So he's like, I'm just going to slide underneath the radar. Uh, I don't know, but there wasn't too much – after the Masters, I think I had – I was just, like, disappointed with life after that. Masters was, like, my <laughs> week to shine. And then everything after that, I was just like, I don't care about sports. I don't care about life. My life is over because I have to buy his house. And it's kind of where I'm at Because right I now. have to. Like, every person's dream right now who lives in an apartment. <laughs> I know. Everyone makes fun of my shitty apartment, too. And I'm like, I, I like it. It makes me, it makes Wait, me feel Wait, first of all, it's better. actually pretty, like, pretty nice. Like, it's massive. You got to go up the stairs, you have a nice living room. Well, everyone's going to be able to see it in this video. So I guess we'll let the fans speak. I think it's because I, I can only record or shoot any of my content right here. And the blinds aren't great. They're kind of like the cheap blinds. So I think yeah. that's why people think it's a shithole. Um, but no, it's not bad. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fine here. I'm comfortable here. But it would be nice to have a house. But I'm just scared to do that. You know, Paige, as much as I would love to talk interior design... We have someone in the waiting room. I'm like kind of stalling right now. Me too. I'm not gonna Me lie. too. <laughs> Me too. No, I, I have a I, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like a little nervous for this interview. I mean, he's a fucking movie star. He's Josh Dumel, and I have to intro this, and I'm just going to – I mean, everyone will laugh at me as I try to work my way through this, so. Fuck. <laughs> let's, let's, let's go to break, and then and – then... Take a shot, and then we'll come back. <laughs> deal. Deal. <laughs> Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. 
Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. are back from break with our very special guest, Josh Jamel. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, I haven't had much sleep the last few days. I've been in, uh, I was in Mexico City for about a month, quarantined inside of a hotel with, uh, you know, no sunlight. Uh, we couldn't leave. Uh, we, we basically rented out a hotel and used the seventh floor as like the set and everywhere else in the in the building we could and everybody the cast the crew the staff everybody stayed there so it was it was it was almost like being released from prison after after we left on early friday morning <laughs> has it been really challenging shooting through this COVID era yeah it has it's been i mean i haven't done a lot but we've made do we did a lot of stuff out of my cabin over the last over the last four or five months uh and then i I, you know, this, this was pretty much the first time I'd done anything since this all started. So it's, it's different, but you know, people are finding different ways to, to still make movies and TV shows, which is, which is good. I mean, speaking of movies, I saw your movie buddy games last night yeah. and I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I was laughing out loud at some way of the scenes. I mean, it just looked like so much fun. How much fun was that to shoot? And you also directed it and you wrote it. I mean, it, this is your baby pretty much. Yeah, it was It was probably the hardest, uh, most challenging thing I've ever done from inception, writing it, rewriting it, writing it, rewriting it, through casting, through you know pre-production, through getting the, you know, all the stuff that it takes. It's, it's, a, bit, it's a miracle that you get anything made. <laughs> and now here we are, you know, uh, few years later uh now we get to show it to the world and it, it, this is this is what it's all about so i'm i'm very excited the movie is outrageous it's debaucherous it's it's everything i meant for it to be and uh you know i'm, I'm excited for people to see it <laughs> well i mean i gotta ask because you did write it was this based on some personal experiences with your buddies well we do this every year we do we do the actual buddy games every third weekend of august for the last 20 years my buddies and i have gotten together and it's a weekend of everything from ping pong to golf to, you know, all the basics to really stupid stuff. Like uh, we did two years ago, we did downhill, you know, human bowling where you put this giant <laughs> on this hillside with all these big garbage cans. And you had to go flying down this hill and see how many garbage cans you could take out. Last year was, was one of the most ridiculous ones where we, you had to sit about 20 yards away. You had a te- there were there were five teams of three each team would play each other. So three guys would shoot paintballs uh, at a guy sitting in there in his underwear, nothing else except for that, a nut cup and a helmet. And if you flinched, you lose a point. And if you, you know, depending on which part of the body you hit him, you got certain other other points. So, you know, we're, we're all mid forties now, but we still revert immediately back to our 16 year old selves every time we get together. <laughs> I mean, I love that. It sounds like so much fun. <laughs> But is it is it easier being a director since you acted or was this like, is it hard to get in that director mindset or how was that whole process? It was it was uh, terrifying at first because I wasn't sure if I had what it took to do it. I knew that I 
you know, ever since I started doing this, it's something that I wanted to do. I felt like I could do it. I felt like I'd be good at it because I always understood, like, how a scene should play, how it should be blocked out or shot or whatever. But there's so much more that goes into it from all the questions from wardrobe or the art department or the camera department. You know, everybody's sort of looking to you for the answers. And that was what scared me. But I guess I knew enough and had been doing it long enough to know that I didn't have to know everything. I just needed a good uh, crew around me with good department heads who all had the same vision and, you know, everybody would just set out to make a great movie. And, and it's just like anything, it's like a, a, a sporting team. It's like a, a workplace environment. If you have a strong group who's all sort of working towards the same thing, uh, it, it makes things a lot easier. Was it, well, you I mean, you have a great cast and I'm sure you're pretty close with all of them. Was it hard directing your friends and like telling them what to do? Uh, yeah, a little bit because these guys are all pretty <laughs> well-established actors and, you know, they're probably looking at me like, who the hell are you to be telling me what to, but it was, that wasn't my, that wasn't my objective. My objective was just to sort of let them do their thing and just sort of guide them because I knew what I wanted each scene to feel like and I, what, what, you know, how each scene pushes the movie forward. So I let them have a lot of freedom because as an actor, I love when a director lets me like go. I always try to, you know, respect what the script says and, and and play lines, but I also want to know that if I feel something, I can just go for it. And when you got guys like Nick Swartzen and, and James Roday and Dak Shepard and Olivia and, you know, you go right down the list, Kevin, Dan, uh, you know, you let, you have to let these guys go because that's what they do best. And so I did give direction and I would, and I would just sort of, but I would never sort of overly direct. And I think that's, that's why these guys came in and just really laid it down for me, which was awesome. Were a lot of the scenes improv then? No, I mean they, they, they parts of them were. If they if they did something funny and I thought it was I thought it was better than what I'd written, I had I had no ego when it came to that because, you know, when it comes to you know, making something like this, best idea wins. And if they had a better idea than me, I was all for it. Yeah, I mean, I everyone needs to go see the movie. Like I said, I was laughing out loud last night. Okay. It was so funny. It came out, what, November 20th? And where can people find it now? Well, it's in theaters. It's in uh, 400 theaters around the country. I wish I could tell you which ones exactly. It's kind of a moving target because, you know, <laughs> states keep sort of shutting yeah. down. Some are, some are staying open. Uh, but, you know, for us to get 400 screens right now, in this environment is pretty awesome. We, it, it's better than we even expected, even before COVID, we weren't expecting to get this many screens. So it's great, but it comes out digitally on the 24th, uh, which is tomorrow, uh, everywhere. So you can download it from, you know, all the, all the platforms. Awesome. Well, everyone go check that out. Josh, I was really excited for you to come on today because you're a pretty good golfer. Oh, thank you. I mean, and you have the AT&T coming up. Are you, have you been practicing? Are you ready for that? I mean, how do you even prepare for an event like that? Well, first of all, Paige, that's very generous. I'm, I'm, I'm an average golfer at best. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, and I have, to be honest, I haven't been practicing. I, I just had shoulder surgery. I've got, you know, I just, I've been working or whatever. I've been out of my cat. You know, I, I could give you a whole, you know, list of reasons why I suck at golf. But, but I do, I do love the game and I, and I, and I'm actually excited once I get through all this stuff, I'm going to start playing a lot more just so that I can, you know, not embarrass myself uh, at the AT&T because last year I went in having not played or at all. And I'm not somebody who takes the game that seriously. I truly just love to go out there and, and smack the ball around. I can hardly tell you what I got in the last hole, 
but it's a lot more fun when you're when you're striking the wall well and when you're putting and dipping yeah. and you know and for me if i'm if i'm playing decent it just makes it it makes it easier and, and more fun for me but it also is less uh it's less excruciating for the, the pros that you're playing with because they don't want to be out there with a hack. I mean, I think they, they, they like the pro-am style. I think it's fun for them to, you know, mix it up a little bit. But you, I mean, you do red carpets and I'm, acting seems very stressful to me, but I'm not sure how it is for you. How is it playing in front of people? Is that nerve wracking for you? Do you almost kind of dread it in a way? Do you wish you could just go out there with no people? Uh... I, I like it. It, it. The first few years I played the at and it was terrifying because, you know, yeah. just, I mean, poor Kyle Rudolph. Uh, we played, he, he, we played in this 3M uh, challenge the day before the tournament starts last year. And it was his first time. And I could see it. This, guy, this guy's a, like a all pro tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. This guy's played it. He played at Notre Dame. He's done, you know, everything you can do in a sporting environment. And he was up there nervous and he yanked one right into the crowd. And I was, <laughs> and I have a great video of Bill Murray and Clint Eastwood standing in where I was videoing behind them watching him hit. And he, and this is a big dude who hits it very hard. And he rifled one right into the crowd, right to the left on hole number one. And we thought he killed somebody, but he hit some woman's <laughs> purse. Thank God. And, and that, that was always my biggest fear. It's like, I don't know if I would let these people stand so close, man. You never know where this ball's going to go. Pros. <laughs> and so that was a, that's something that I used to get really scared of because I don't want to kill anybody out there. And there's been years when there was a lot of close calls, but uh, I don't get as nervous as I used to because I just don't care. I just go out there and have fun. I just love Monterey, Carmel, that whole area up there is like the Mecca of golf. And I just, I just get out, I just sit out there in awe of the beauty of that place. I mean, you can't have a bad day when you're walking pebble and you have that view. I mean, it's, it's really spectacular, but have you, well, who's the best pro that you've played with? Who was your favorite? Uh, well, I've been very lucky. I've been able to play with a lot of different players. Every year they put me with somebody different. I don't know if it's because every year the pros like, I don't want to play with that dude again. <laughs> but every year I have a different, I have a different teammate, which is good because I've met a lot of different guys over the years. And, uh, you know, without singling anybody out, the, the, the probably the nicest guy on the tour is Tony Finau. That guy is just yes. awesome. I just love him. He's, yeah. a, he's a sweetheart of a guy. He's a great golfer. He doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. He takes the game seriously, but it doesn't make you feel unwelcomed out there, you know? Uh, I mean, I love Tony Finau. Such a big fan of him. He really is, like, one of the nicest guys. Yeah. I was curious because you did stuff with the 3M this year. Mm -hmm. How did that come about? We, uh, well, I, I, I spent a lot of time in Minnesota. 3M is based in Minnesota. We, uh, I, I played their, 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 their 3M challenge every year now for probably the last seven or eight years. Uh, so I've built a relationship with the people at the, at the thing. But we also, uh, we have a little production company that shot some stuff for the 3M Open in Minneapolis this year. So uh, I don't, it's, it's, very, it's very simpatico, I guess, because being from the same place they're from, we just sort of hit it off and, and, and we had a lot of fun sort of shooting uh, sort of the stuff around the tournament, the behind the scenes stuff for them this last year. Yeah, I think we always talk about growing the game on this podcast and I think people like yourself promoting golf and promoting the tournaments is so great for it. And also you just look so cool out on the golf course right. and I think a lot of guys struggle with looking cool out there. I mean, they just kind of wear the same thing. What are some brands that you love? 
Well, thanks for that, Paige. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see, I love I love the Link Soul stuff. Yeah. I love uh, uh, G Four. They make really cool stuff. The nice thing about that tournament is you get a lot of free golf swag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you have lots of places. I know. I every event I go to, I just have like hats and bags and shirts and all this stuff. But yeah, I mean those brands are great. I love G four. I think G four is really one of the best. Yeah, but so stuff. They they make cool stuff whether you're on the golf course or not. Same with Link Soul. Yeah. Link Soul is so comfortable. Yeah. So are, are you in? I also like Johnny O's stuff too. Johnny O makes some cool stuff. They do. I always forget about Johnny O, but they do make some really cool stuff. I Like you were saying, like it, you can wear it on the golf course, then go out to dinner after and still like look cool. Yeah. Uh, I was curious. So are you now based in LA? Where Where are you living now? I'm in Los Angeles. I'm, okay. I'm in Encino. I spend about half my time here and, I, and I've been spending a lot of time out of my cabin in Minnesota. It was kind of my, my respite during COVID. I was building I was building a new cabin out there this summer and I just was out there on my tractor just clearing land, just doing landscaping stuff, chopping wood, boating, fishing, jet skiing, digging holes, you know, just just it was there was a freedom about that that I loved. I love LA and I love living here, but right now it's not it's not itself uh, until, until yeah. things get back to normal. So it was a great place for me to get away. And I'm very grateful that I had that because it would, would have been a long six, eight months. Yeah, no, I'm sure it was nice to have something completely different than LA. But what are some of your favorite courses in LA? I mean, there's so many really amazing oh my golf gosh. courses now, there. <laughs> I would say, yeah. well, I play at Mountain Gate, which is my home course, which is like four minutes from my house. I love it's to me that's one of the most underrated courses in LA because it's just so beautiful up there uh and it's a tough course but I love Riv I love Bel Air LACC I mean you can go on and on there's just so many beautiful golf courses here in Los Angeles I, I know they're are incredible they doing, are they doing the U.S. Open at LACC um in like a couple of years I think, I, I think, I think they, they yeah uh-huh cool. yeah that'll be really cool I mean I think Riv is one of my favorite. Lakeside is really nice too. Lakeside's I was like playing fun. there. I haven't played there forever though. I've got a bunch of players there. It's a really nice layout. I think I almost like that layout better than Riv. I think it's just more playable. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Riv is so hard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. That that kiss my butt every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you grew up as an athlete. I mean, you played football and you have a son. Are you going to kind of persuade him into playing one sport more than the other? Are you try to get him to golf or are you just going to like let him choose what he wants to do? I played everything growing up. It was, that was, I mean, when you grow up in North Dakota, you don't really have much else to do. So I played, <laughs> I played everything all, all year round. Uh, my son is very active right now it's all about action figures and superheroes and he loves to draw and, and we he plays some soccer he plays some tennis uh i don't know if i'll have him play football or not if you want he wants to go play flag football which i'm all for uh, and if he wants to go on from there that's fine uh the only sport he doesn't like and i and i don't really blame him although i wish i did wish he loved it or I, although i wish he did love it was baseball. I think it's hard for kids that age to sit there and actually focus when you got to sit in the outfield or whatever you're doing, just waiting. And it, it's not very, uh, it's not very appealing to kids who have a lot of energy like he does. There's literally nothing better than watching little league baseball. Oh my God. 
I think there's nothing better. So you have kids? Are you and me? Yeah. No, I'm 25. I'm single as all hell in quarantine. <laughs> Hello. No, but just... what? You are old enough to have one. Okay. Wow. Well, now I feel personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> but what I was going to ask you is, what kind of uh, baseball dad are you? What kind of a baseball dad? Or like sports dad, like what are you, are you on the sidelines chill? My dad, he played pro football and he would like, we'd go bowling. He, we'd go bowling. My dad, and if I like striked out, he'd be like, nope, get to the next lane. Like Moraldi's aren't losers. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm a little scarred, but it's good. Yeah. What kind of sports dad are you? I'm a little, I mean, I'm not quite that hard, but I can't help it. You know, if I'm out there, yeah. especially when you've got, <laughs> you know, I, I, if I were, I should be coaching this cause I, I love to, I love to teach and, and coach the kids just because I've, played this stuff my whole life I feel like I could impart some of that on them uh but they you know we're in Encino and I have a very serious their little league is very serious but it's so cute to watch these kids play so I do I go jump in and I can't help but to you know if I see a kid doing something that I can help him with I do it uh you know with Axel I don't I don't push anything on him too hard because I feel if I do that just like golf if I if I force him to do it he's he's gonna resist and so I just bring him out there and, you know, hopefully he takes to it, whether it's baseball or golf or, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I can't help it. I'm a bit of a stage dad. <laughs> stage dad. <laughs> but if he was like, I want to be an actor, would you be like, no, let's like not do that? Yeah. Or would you encourage that too? Well, n- I wouldn't necessarily encourage it. Like I said, I'm going to sort of let him figure it out. I'll yeah. present a lot of things to him. He'll see it. He'll be, he'll experience a lot of that. But um, yes, I, I, I would never, you know, intentionally, uh, you know, promote him joining the circus like his dad. But uh, if that's what he wants to do, fine. I'm not going to definitely let him do it until he's old enough and has a bit of an education and some life experience behind him because you know, you get a kid into this stuff too early and they don't really uh, understand what the real world's like. You know, life on yeah. life on a set is not real life. And a lot of these kids who start too young, I think that, that doesn't necessarily help them as they grow up. Well, I think it's almost like that with sports too because I had um, supportive parents, we'll say it that way, but they really wanted me, me to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. And I was homeschooled. And as soon as I went to college, I was like, what, what is this? This is not what I was expecting. And I think a lot of athletes, when they even in college, they don't take it seriously because they want to turn professional. Right. And then once life, life after sports, they're like, I don't know how to do anything. Mm-hmm. I am not an adult. I mean, I barely know how to do anything. Oh, come on. <laughs> Look at you now. No, no. <laughs> well, you're right, though. You're right. And I think that that's, you know, and for me, too, I thought I was going to be a pro athlete. Then I realized I wasn't nearly athletic enough. But, <laughs> but, you know, I did. I put everything into sports, whether it was basketball or football. I just was, a, I was like, a, I was a gym rat when it came to whatever sport, mostly basketball and football. Uh, and thankfully, I had a lot of, you know, in, when I played football in college at Minot State University. Go Beavers. And I, I had a lot of, it was tough because I really had to fight for every little bit of playing time. Uh, I was always in a battle with another quarterback and it was just, and it, yeah. and it was ultimately, I'd put in, I, I had put so much uh, effort into it and so, so much stake into it that when it didn't go the way I wanted it to, it was heartbreaking. 
But I'm also grateful that that happened because had I not, you know, some of these guys who are just superstar athletes, everything sort of goes their way until, like Paige said, life after sports happen, and yeah. then you don't have you, you don't have that. So for me, having some heartbreak, having some you know, having some wins, having some losses, really helped me sort of deal with all the stuff that comes because in this business, in in the entertainment world, you deal with a lot of rejection. And it was sports that helped me sort of deal with that. Yeah, I was actually curious about that. How is it when, especially with your new movie that's out that you directed, you put so much into it. And let's say you have the really positive reviews, but there are, you know, you have the negative ones. Do you look at them? Do you try to avoid them? How do you handle that? I mean, it must be so hard when you put like your heart and soul into something, especially since it is a comedy. A lot of people just don't have the same sense of humor. I always feel like that would be the hardest genre to direct and to act. Yeah. In. Yeah. I really put myself out there on this one. And I, even last night when we showed, I was like, can I, can I go too far? Maybe I did go too far. But I mean, the people that people laugh, you know, when I first showed this thing, I was terrified because I got a pretty twisted sense of humor, as you know. Uh, <laughs> and so, so I was, I was terrified to show people, but then when I saw that the, the reaction in the crowd, I was like, oh my God, they get it. Thank God. But you, you know, and I also knew that when I wrote this thing, we were going to get trashed by the critics and mostly have been, but to me, my whole career, I've, I don't think I've ever had a movie that the critics like, not a single one, maybe love Simon. Uh, but I wasn't even the lead in that one. And so I'm used to, I'm used to the re rejection. I knew going in, this thing wasn't going to get, you know, good reviews. It's not a critics type movie, but it is a movie for the people, especially people who have a, a twisted sense of humor like me. And so I've learned to just not look at that stuff too much. Uh, I know the movie's funny. Uh, I don't expect some old crotchety critic in New York city to get this movie. <laughs> but I get I, I, I bet you the people across the Midwest and anybody who's uh, ever had a bunch of friends who mess with each other will get it. You know, I didn't think it was that twisted. So I don't know what that says about yeah. my sense of humor, very, too. <laughs> you know, what's funny is we did a couple we did a couple screen tests or a couple like uh, uh, um, screenings, tested screenings. And the movie tested higher with women than it did men. Really? Yeah. What I love that. that. About you guys. I love that. <laughs> we are some sick motherfuckers. <laughs> but that, that was great because I didn't, you know, I set out to make a dude comedy of never, of never doing anything that's disrespectful towards women. And it's not, but you know, no. it's geared, it's a dumb guy comedy, but you know, women like that stuff too. And I was really, that was one of the, the best parts about seeing the, the results of these, of these tests is to see that, wow, they, it's not just for dudes. Women love this movie too. And, you know, so I'm really excited to see how it does once we unleash it tomorrow yeah and especially during like these covid times i think we all just need to have a good laugh and to have something out totally. there that you know isn't too serious and that's why i love this movie because it was just so much fun and i really hope that everyone goes watch it you have to go see it but what what's next for you let's see um I've just finished a movie called Blackout in Mexico City that we finished with three more days here in LA. Uh, I have, a, I have a, 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 a series on Netflix coming out called Jupiter's Legacy, which will be out in 2021. Um, and then I start another one in May called Bandit. So I've got, I've got some other stuff. And well, I'm not gonna get into another thing because it's not official yet, but there's something also very exciting that I just found out about a couple of days ago, but yeah. 
That's like the worst when someone does that. It's like I really need to tell you something. <laughs> oh, but I'm not going to tell. We're you. not going to tell I you. Did, but then I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to say something and then have it fall apart because I mentioned it on the show. <laughs> you never come back on ever again if that happened but we want to thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today congrats on all of your success everyone go check out buddy games and again yeah i mean the balloon is right there the balloon tells all so again josh thank you so much for joining us thanks today. for having bye. me bye guys bye, bye. tori i'm sweating like i'm actually sweating gray was not the color to wear for an interview with josh he he's awesome i mean seriously everyone go check out the movie it's just such a fun funny not serious and i like i was saying like i feel like that's what everyone needs right now we're all stressed out clearly i'm stressed yeah. out and it, it did help watching that after i had my complete mental breakdown over this house that i may or may not get listen you're gonna get it but this actually just this, this just popped in my head. Like, what are you watching right now? Like, what are you watching on Netflix right now? I just finished Queen's Gambit. Okay, we got to talk about that for a second because I finished that maybe two days ago and I've been watching chess videos on YouTube and I'm like, I'm going to be a chess master. Like, that's my calling. And then I tried to play one chess game at like the beginner level and I lost and I was like, you know what? That's, <laughs> I'll let you have this one. Say it for me. Are you like playing on an app or did you actually like go out and buy like a chess? I, I didn't at first. I wanted to get a whole chess set, but after my debacle of the first chess game I played, I just don't think it's for me. It's such a good show. I actually hope they don't do a season two. I don't think they're going to. I looked into that and they said it was just supposed to be um that season there's not another book so there shouldn't be another season after that but I agree with you I think it should just be that one season but that's so I watched that I honestly have made my way through every next net Netflix show net, I, can't talk. <laughs> I was so nervous for the interview yeah. now I'm just like relaxed <laughs> yeah yeah you, we gotta go you know go to the lab cool down a little cool bit down. uh I've watched every Netflix show uh Hulu, Disney Plus, like I have worked my way through everything. So I, I, I need some suggestions. So guys, write us at par at iHeartRadio.com. Send us your suggestions for new shows. Maybe we can talk about them on here. But we, yeah. we need something new. I know. Well, my roommates just started. It kind of like, it's a great idea to do because my roommates are recommending me to watch this new Hulu, or I think it's an FX series called A Teacher. And it's about a teacher who's, like, sleeping with a student. But I, like, can't get behind it. But I'm also, like, if we get enough people saying I need to watch it, I might watch it. <laughs> For ethical reasons or because you don't? <laughs> I just, like, don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I guess it's, like, every man's fantasy or something. Maybe a female, too. But... <sighs> Have you ever wanted a teacher before? Have you ever had any hot teachers? I'm, like, from a very small town where all of our guys are very, like old and not sexy kind of a feel we actually did have this one guy and he was like a surfer kind of dude that like moved to the mountains we don't understand that but I would say in college there were like a couple like TAs that you're like well hello I feel like that definitely is every guy's fantasy of yeah hooking up with a teacher or a professor in college I think I mean I had a couple guy friends who definitely did that there was no one, oh yeah oh yeah to get better grades oh <gasps> Is that yep. a thing? 
It's a thing. It's a thing. Or maybe I just have terrible friends. But there was one professor. He was, he wasn't, I wouldn't say all that cute, but he just had such a great personality. And he was the one teacher that I would go to their office hours for. Would you wear a tank top or a turtleneck? Tank top, baby. It was funny because after I finished his class, he sent me an email and he's like, hey, like if you ever want to go mini golfing sometime. Did you ever take advantage of it? I didn't. He was quite a bit older and I, it was just, it was just weird. I don't know. Wow, I wouldn't see you for like age being a thing for you. I think he was only attractive in the setting of him being the professor. I don't know if I could see him outside of that. I think that's what made him attractive. But seeing him in normal life, I think that would have killed all of the appeal for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was definitely like the idea was more intriguing than the actual follow through. Yeah, it's like seeing a guy in uniform or seeing a guy in a business suit or seeing a guy doing something that they're passionate about and they're successful at. That's such a big turn on for me. And seeing him, I mean, he was very intelligent, obviously, in teaching and he was he was just so great in front of the class. And it had been weird to see him like outside as a, like a normal guy. I think, again, it would have yeah. lost the entire appeal for me. But that, that was my sense. that was my only teacher that or professor because it was in college that I was like maybe maybe how was your, how was your grade in that class? I got an A, so actually <laughs> it was public speaking, and I I bombed I bombed I had to go up and give an elevator speech, and so an elevator speech is basically just a one minute yeah. pitch of yourself. I volunteered to go first I step up in front of the classroom and I froze literally couldn't get a word out of my mouth I had to have another student come up and I had to like pretend that I was talking to them to get through it it was horrible absolutely horrible I like ran out of the class was crying and it was a mess but I got an A of course you got an A he said that my presence made up for the lack of everything else. Oh my gosh. He definitely just felt bad for me and I I tried really, really hard and I think he could tell that I was I was trying and I prepared for it and then I got there and I just, and I volunteered to go first and I think he liked that because no one else was volunteering and so I, I took, I took the chance and I stood up there and I almost threw up. Like I literally almost, threw up and I had other it's funny too because I had other public speaking classes and I was a communication major after I switched from business and everyone in those classes wanted to be in broadcast and I was horrible and these everyone was so good and it's so funny because out of everyone I'm the one now having to do public speaking and podcasts and and if you saw me in those classes, you would have never guessed that I would be doing what I'm doing today because I could not get through a speech. I couldn't stand up in front of a class and talk. I couldn't do any of it, any of it. I was the worst in the class, like, by far, by far. Well, shout out to Professor Hottie for bringing you here today, giving you that A. And he definitely did not feel bad for you. He just thought you were super hot and didn't want to strike out. Like, as much as you're like, he felt bad and I went first it's like no homegirl he thought you were cute 
Well, I got an A, so I'll take it. But this is a sports podcast. Yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> a golf podcast, to be specific. So we're going to talk a little golf. More sports. You know, so you're going to be jealous about this, but I got sent as a gift no. a World Series baseball with one of my tweets printed on it. I am dead. What did it say? Which tweet? It was the one about Walker Bueller's pants being tight and how he wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to wear them to a country club. Who sent it to you? I think t- Twitter sent it to me. That is hilarious. And I was like, Tori's going to be so jealous that yeah. I have a World Series baseball. I mean, you can. I will lend it to you if you want to just look yeah, at it. I'm creating a Twitter account right now. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> but as I say that, I do tweet about golf and I know golf, but... I get more engagement and more responses when I talk about other sports than when I just talk about golf. So I don't know if people just don't have an interest in golf or the fact that I don't know too much about other sports. It actually helps my my takes because they're so outlandish as I yeah. have no idea what I'm talking about. And I think I can back it up better because I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You just go, well, you know, maybe – Allegedly, at the Allegedly, end. Allegedly, I don't know, you know. if this happens. <laughs> <laughs> but we have some golf news. So Tiger Woods is going to play with his 11-year-old son, Charlie, Cute. in the PNC Championship. So that's going to be really exciting. It's the first time that they're going to be playing together. We've seen it on social media before of Tiger caddying for Charlie. And Charlie's a little tiger. His swing looks exactly the same. It is incredible. His swing is so good. So good. Like Prodigy Child? 100%. And he's already <gasps> winning junior events. That doesn't happen very often where a lot of like the elite athletes have kids who are as successful. So this will be interesting to see that pan out. Yeah, you know, obviously I feel bad for him. Can you imagine growing up as Tiger Woods' son and then trying to play in the sport that he is so dominant in? I mean, yeah. that would, must just be so hard. But I think if the media and outside voices doesn't hurt him in the way that where it's like he is so worried about what everyone else is saying and they're trying to use him as like the next Tiger Woods because as we know and we've seen this before that Tiger Woods I mean he doesn't just move the needle he is the needle and so media always jumps on him whenever he's in a tournament no matter what he does it's always Tiger 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 and I just hope that Charlie doesn't have to go through that same thing because I think that really hurt Tiger I mean not only with his golf game, but emotionally too. I mean, that is difficult to be under the microscope 24-7. No matter what you do, what you say, if you mess up, I mean, everyone's going to discuss every move that you make. It, like, makes me sick to my stomach. I, I fully could not have handled that as a – not at all. Well, and, it, and it's already like that a little bit. Anytime that Charlie is posted on social media, there's – thousands and thousands of comments and articles and i mean it's already starting for him dang he does he he doesn't have like a social media page or anything right i don't believe so it's just and it's weird because the videos that are posted of charlie are from like dudes crouching behind bushes and privately taking no like secretly taking these videos so it's weird 
It's weird. But, I mean, I at the same time, I get it. Can you imagine going to a junior golf tournament and seeing Tiger Woods carrying a golf bag for his son? Like, that's crazy. Isn't it uh, LeBron James? Like, can't his son potentially be playing in the NBA with his dad? Yeah, I mean, LeBron has actually gotten a lot of heat for that because he'll go to the games and literally will, like, run out in the center of the court and <laughs> make a scene, and people are like... Like, can you imagine if another parent did that? Well, Josh is totally fine if he did that. But when it's LeBron, you're just like, ugh. (laughs) Gosh, Tori. You're like, Josh can do no wrong in my eyes. No, except for say that I should have a kid and be in a a relationship. But anyways, it's fine. (laughs) Anyways, what's the next one? I'm I'm taking notes. (laughs) Well, okay, so I got to ask you now that we had the interview, Josh Duhamel or Chris Long? That's really hard. I, like, actually can't pick because they both have fantastic personalities. Like, fantastic. You're like, I just don't want to close any of my options, so I'm just Even though one's married and one's, like, in a relationship, I'm assuming. (laughs) Allegedly. Allegedly. Who knows? We'll get back into golf. (laughs) So we also have the match, which is Friday, November 27th. It's at Stone Canyon Golf Club in Arizona. It's Phil Mickelson teamed up with Charles Barkley versus Steph Curry teamed up with Peyton Manning. It's a modified alternate shot. Yeah, so that will be the day after Thanksgiving. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about this because I almost feel like I'm over these celebrity golf matches. But... Because at times they can be a little cheesy, and I just don't know how individually I like all of these guys, but together I just don't know how it's going to work. And I feel that Charles Barkley being there, and he's clearly the worst golfer, I, I almost feel bad for him, and I feel like the whole time everyone's just going to shit on him. And I just don't know how much fun that's going to be to watch when one guy is just basically getting a beating from these three other guys. Well, didn't you like um, the the last, I don't know what you guys call these, matchups when it was uh, Tom Brady and it was, who was it? It was Phil Tiger, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning. Yeah. So it's going to be kind of the same thing. There were good parts of that, but again, anytime Tiger is in one of these matches, it's always great. And so this is going to be the first one of these that he's not going to be participating in. So I don't know if that's going to make it better or worse. Yeah. Um, because sometimes he isn't super enthusiastic about being there and doing it. So it could be a lot better, especially because these guys all have really great personalities. But Phil makes dad jokes all the time. And I, I just... Hopefully there's someone that can kind of offset that. I think it's going to be Steph Curry with the cool factor to kind of level it out because I think it could get really cheesy really fast with the group of guys that they have. Hmm. I feel like it can't. But that's just me. <laughs> Why? Because it's like, those are big timers and anybody will appreciate anything that's talking about anything but their sport. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, obviously, anytime you have other celebrities or athletes playing golf, it's good. It's good for the game of golf. And so I don't want to be too negative about it because, again, any this is just – it's positive. It's good for the game. And so I'm all for it. But 
it's not good when it's cheesy. If it's not done right, then it's almost worse for the game. Because then you just see these guys making dad jokes. And I, it just, it's just not cool. I mean, when you see Steph Curry on the basketball court, he's cool. He just has that cool factor. And we need more of that in golf because none of the guys have that. I mean, I would say like Brooks Kepka, DJ, Tiger, they kind of have that uh, effect. But not many others. Like when you think of golf, you don't think, man, guys who play golf are cool. Well, you're talking to Tori here. If Josh was here, the uh, our our other co-host Josh, he'd say, "Yeah, you are." Like they are, but to me, I I just don't know golf. Yeah. So you, if so, if I was like, "Hey, Tori, I'm a professional golfer," you'd be like, eh, "No, you know what? <laughs> Deal I like- breaker." <laughs> I like football and baseball. We're just going to stick with those two sports. Well, if we're being honest, like you're not, like when you see a golfer or like a tennis player or sometimes even like a men's volleyball player, their build is very different than like a football or basketball or whatever. So in mine, like when I see a golfer, I'm not like, oh, athlete. That's not necessarily bad. I just like wouldn't recognize maybe a build of a golfer as like a professional athlete well even like how they celebrate it's just not cool <laughs> just a good fist up there <laughs> she said. I... <laughs> tori likes fisting noted okay but it's one thing but it's hard to do a good fist pump i will say that i tiger has a good fist pump but it's really hard to look good doing a fist pump is it I, I mean, feel like that's a common celebration. You know, like, yeah. Is yours, you did it. Do you like the double fist and a little, like, a little pump? Or do you like a one fist? What what kind of fist do you like? Yeah, it's going to be a no for me on the double. Uh, I think a single's good. What if it's a double, like, what if it's, like, a double up in the air? You go, woo! No. It needs mm. to be a, a one single. Do you like when they come from behind and, and fist up into it? Or... Do you like it? <laughs> this conversation has gone on so much longer than needed <laughs> that we literally have JT in the waiting room now. <laughs> Should we ask him? <laughs> yeah, JT, what's your what's your what, what, what kind of? Uh... <laughs> we can't even say it. All right. Oh gosh. You know what, Paige? Send us to break and let's bring him in after. Yeah, we're we're gonna head to break, and when we come back, we have extreme athlete. So there's a golfer named J.B. Holmes, and I am so worried I'm going to mess those two up. But we're going to have J.T. Holmes, extreme athlete, next (sighs) after this break. Keep on listening. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. back from break we have jt holmes extreme athlete with us thank you so much for joining us today how are you doing good how are you uh pretty good i love that you're outside right now it kind of just <laughs> fits your whole aesthetic of i mean you live outside that's all you do constantly doing extreme stunts i was watching some of your youtube videos last night and i can't wrap my head around it how how did this happen? Were you like this as a little kid? Were you always like jumping off the top bunk? Were you always an adrenaline junkie? You know, it uh, it all really started from skiing. Skiing is a sport where you, you go fast and you you catch a lot of air, and the uh, you know the feeling really just appealed to me. And from there, it grew. It grew into base jumping and then wingsuit flying, and these are just extensions of ways to go faster, catch more air, and have more fun. What's your favorite out of all of that? Ooh, my favorite would be speed riding because speed riding combines two of my favorite sports, skiing and flying. And that's where you're, you're skiing with an open parachute and you can kind of, uh, it's, it's really, it's kind of like skiing in a video game because you've got these superpowers. You can fly off cliffs, you can go over <laughs> forests and um, avalanches aren't as much of a concern. And it's really, uh, it's really a special thing. So, JT, we're complete opposites, and I'm just going to tell you about one of my near-death experiences. So, I there's a mountain here in Arizona. It's called Camelback Mountain. It's it's a pretty common hike, and I don't think I'm scared of heights, but I ended up crawling half of the hike because I was just terrified of falling or slipping or tripping or doing something, and that's it. That is my near-death experience. I won't even cross the street unless they tell me to walk. I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't do it. I, I can't seriously wrap my head around like what you do or why you do it. Is it for the adrenaline? Like, I, I, you just need to explain this whole thing to me. You know, it's really just good, clean fun and good for you. You made it through your hike on Camelback. You may have crawled, but you got it done one step at a time. <laughs> Um, and in fact, Camelback has a base jump. That's a common place. There's about a 350 foot wall there that, uh, people go running off with their parachutes. So, um, I don't doubt that the terrain was rather rugged and warranted your, um, your crawling and your fear. So don't feel bad. Good for you. He's being too nice. He's being too nice. (laughs) He's like, oh my God, this idiot. I have to ask though, have you ever had like a near death experience? I've had many. Yeah. 
They're, okay, can you tell me like one of the worst though? Like I need, like I kind of love, like I lived it for adrenaline, but I'm like I go 90 on the freeway and I feel like I'm reckless. So I need to like live vicariously through you. <laughs> well, one time I narrowly escaped a 23 vehicle uh, chain reaction crash uh, while driving in New Mexico. Um, and I actually, as a driver, I drew upon everything that I've learned at the uh, motion picture driving clinic, which is stunt driving school, um, Skip Barber racing school, another racing school, racing the Baja 500 and 1000. I've been, I've really been, I've been racing cars my whole life. And, um, at one point I was, I, I slowed myself down because I noticed that things were getting a little bit icy. Uh, and then the next thing I know about 10 minutes later, it was just an absolute ice skating rink and, and cars were just crashing left and right, you know, vehicles spinning over here, boom, detonation over here. And, um, and I, I managed to just kind of subtly steer um, the, the vehicle to an uphill off ramp. Um, and, you know, I had bounced over some debris, a bumper and whatnot. And I managed to get, get to this uphill off ramp because I knew that if, if traction wouldn't stop me, that, um, gravity would. So I got, I, I managed to get up there and, uh, and, and this, this dang chain reaction crash just kind of kept on happening. And unfortunately I, afterwards I spent three hours extracting, uh, people from cars, some had lived, some had not. And EMS was, was worn quite thin. And, um, oh. I, uh, had a EMT basic course in my history and, and was able to be useful. But, um, as a result of that, I've really, uh, I've really vehicle safety and I now have a completely new relationship, um, after seeing all these cars smashed up. And, um, I think that, that, that seeing and experiencing that you know, made me a better driver. So that's one, that's one, uh, near uh, death experience and, and something that was not anything to do with extreme sports. It was really just, a uh, something that could have happened to anybody. Jeez. So what? Hard transition out of that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Glad you're alive. Glad you saved people. I, I mean, so what's the most intense stunt that you have performed? Uh, the most intense stunt I ever performed, probably uh, multi-sport descent of the Eiger in Switzerland. It's a postcard mountain and I went there with 60 Minutes and Anderson Cooper in uh, 2015 and was able to launch off this top of this iconic mountain with skis and a parachute. Then I delivered myself to this steep plank of snow uh, and disconnected the parachute while I was skiing. I skied for a bit, then launched off the 3,000 foot cliff, did a couple backflips, disconnected my skis, <coughs> flew my body down the mountainside and opened another parachute. Uh, it was kind of a harebrained idea and a culmination of my favorite sports and a revisiting of an iconic mountain that I had previously jumped off. And um, it was, to me, it was an ultimate dream run. And um, it, was, uh, it was quite a fun, cool accomplishment, um, but also something that I, I, won't, I wouldn't go back and do again. That's for, for a, little bit, a little bit too aggressive, I'd say. I, I saw that on YouTube. I was watching that, which is, again, absolutely insane. When you're doing that, I notice when I'm 
I'm not good under pressure, clearly. But when I am under pressure, I tend to forget certain things. When you're doing a stunt like that, how do you stay calm and focused on everything that you need to do? Because that stunt had so many different components and you had to release your skis and you had to make sure you're doing this right. How do you do that? How do you stay focused? You know, I think that, you know, people talk about flow states and meditation and and uh, nothing else matters and all this stuff. But I think that with uh, extreme sports and when you're in a high consequence environment that these things are really just built in. Um, when you're, when you're in a intense moment with consequence, your the frontal lobe of your brain is firing and you just have this, um, built in ability to focus and, uh, it doesn't take much to achieve the zone or the flow state. It's just, uh, something that happens. People talk about mindfulness. That's kind of a key word. And that just really means paying attention. Um, and you know, if you stand on the edge of a skyscraper with a wingsuit on, you're going to be paying attention. That, that's going to happen. There's no, um, you know, mantras that are needed or, you know, superstitious uh, thing in your pocket. Uh, it's really kind of, it's, it, it's built in. I don't have that built in. <laughs> no, I, I actually don't you do that. My system. Pressure's on, you're, you're focused, and you nail the shot. I always wanted to go skydiving, and I chickened Same. out right before. I know, I know. But so the wingsuit, I'm fascinated by the wingsuit. So I, I heard that it was developed after someone saw a flying squirrel. Is that true or false? Very likely true, yes. <laughs> yeah. What is it like when you're wearing that and you're literally flying headfirst through mountains and it must be the most incredible feeling? It's a real hoot. It's, it's a lot of fun to fly a wingsuit. And uh, the thing about wingsuits is that they're quite easy to fly. Um, there's not, uh, there's no real arduous component. Um, it doesn't take a lot of muscle. Everything's very instinctual. You just kind of hold your hands out like this and you know, look right, go right, look left, go left. You want to go down, you kind of just dive. You want to glide, you get really big, elongate your spine, maybe take a deep breath and whoosh, now suddenly you're gliding. Kind of, you can go even up for a little bit. So um, it's a great sensation and it's not as tricky as people think. How do you train for that? I mean, do you just put the suit on? They're like, okay, go. I'm just going to push you off and you figure it out as you're going. I don't understand how you would, do you just start from lower and then work your way up? Actually, you work your way from higher to lower uh, because if you jump out of an airplane way up here in the sky and then open your parachute still way up here in the sky, you've got all this air around you. So say the parachute's twisted up or maybe um you have a difficult time opening the parachute and you're falling down 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 as long as you're not close to the earth um or close to a building uh you're you've got some margin for error you got some time to work stuff out if it's not going well so the way we train is we we start from um the highest points that we can and then we bring things lower and lower and lower Corey, do you want to try that one day? Should we start doing wingsuits? I would act, I, I truly like my dream is to go skydiving. Let me start there first. But the whole time you're talking, I'm like, you're just like a superhero in my eyes. But do you have like any irrational fears? Um, like, are you scared of like a spider or something? Like, is there anything? I don't like spiders. I don't like snakes. Um, I'm a little bit 
over-the-top anti-pickle. I just, I find that if... I'm sorry, like... Like the pickle, I I find that, you know, if it was on the burger, the whole portion that it touched is contaminated. So, irrational fear of pickle. Um, And, uh, but other than that, no, I'm fairly level-headed, objective mind. um, And, uh, yeah. The pickle brought me a lot of peace about you're human. Yeah. You're somewhat I mean, human. I feel better too. Yeah, I feel better. <laughs> do your parents love that like you decided to do this for a living? Well, my dad is a um, off-road racer and avid skier. Uh, my mom loves sports and skiing too. Uh, they are really happy that I found um, a way to make a living doing what I love. Um, I've put my mother through the ringer a little bit worry wise. Yeah. um, (laughs) Just cause there's been, uh, there's been the close calls that we've discussed and, um, it's, you know, it's just kind of been nonstop, you know, between stunt work and, um, extreme sports projects and, um, normal life things that can happen and just hobbies that are all outdoors and tend to be high speed. So, um, I appreciate my mother's, uh, resilience, um, to, you know, the worry factor. Totally. Is it, is it hard with relationships too? I think I would be constantly worrying about you and what you were doing and if you were safe. Um, no, I don't tend to date worry warts. So, it's uh no i'm i'm pretty i think i think it's all good in that regard (laughs) so do you do you constantly feel like you have to keep pushing the limits do you ever get to the point where you're like i've done this so many times i don't get that rush anymore so what can i do that's bigger and faster and better and just to get that adrenaline pumping even more that's where i think being diversified comes in i do a lot of sports um race car driving, base jumping, skiing, paragliding, skydiving, all these things. And um, what I see happening is that when you're really a specialist, so kind of the opposite of me, you, you're raising the bar higher and higher and higher in a very specific way. And the more you do it, the more you're shaving away margin for error. And um, by being diversified and trying all these new things and constantly learning new things, I'm, um, I'm kind of, I'm getting a real good kick out of something that, you know, is, is kind of 85% of the way to the, to the top level. Um, and 85% of the way to like the most extreme gnarly, you're going to die type risk. Um, so I, I think that that is, uh, it's a good way to stay, uh, both, inspired and and to never burn out but also to uh to stay safe and and really get a a lot of kick out of um a lot a lot of different sports uh and get really i'm i'm lucky to say that i I get a true enjoyment out of life and the career paths i've chosen that's great i mean what so what's next on the list for you to learn then oh right now i'm really focused on my driving um and uh, this is, uh, I'm going to get into uh, a rally series next year, um, rally racing, which, uh, is a new type of driving. I've, I've, most of the racing I've done has been either on a track or in, um, 
in Baja uh, out in the desert where it's rougher and, and a little gnarlier. So um, I'm really excited about rally and the skills that'll translate into um, uh, crossover into the stunt driving that I do where you're just doing maneuvers for a car and making it look really good for a camera. Um, I'm heading out to do some training in that today. Uh, so there's some emphasis there on, on, on driving. And then as far as winter sports are concerned, uh, I'm trying to rally together a um, expedition to a place called Baffin Island um, with uh, some good friends, uh, trying to twist my, my buddy Bear Grylls arm into going. Um, <laughs> and he's quite skilled at a lot of airborne sports and speed riding and, and paragliding. And, um, he's introduced me to what's called a paramotor where you have an engine on your back and a parachute. And so it's basically an aircraft you can fly around. Um, you don't have to have a hillside to fly off. You can just go out to a, the desert or to a soccer field and launch there. Um, so there's, there's, there's an endless list of, um, of what's next. And uh, some of it comes down to scheduling and time management and how much uh, I, I'm working and how much I'm playing. And some of it comes down to nature and what nature is offering. Is there snow on the ground uh, or not? You know, or, And that could determine uh, if we're going for skiing and speed riding versus uh, we're going to go to the desert and uh, you know play with rally cars or something like that. So endless list, um, but it's also exciting. I, I mean, it seems like every single day you're up for like a new challenge and I want to do more of that in my life, take more risks and do things that well, you guys have kind my of contact scare information. me. Let's, uh, let's get you in the air. <laughs> Skydive. Yeah, like let's like hike Camelback first, and then we can skydive. <laughs> okay, you will hike up. I'll jump down, but I I would feel a little bad abandoning you. I and, and I, can I you just like strap me onto you? Because I I then we can just go together. I think that would be the safest way. It can be done. <laughs> she can't back can out. <laughs> I do have one quick question sure. though. While we have you, the expert driver, we are entering into winter season. What are the quick tips for everyone listening? If we hit ice or foreign snow and your car starts to stall, what are some things you should be doing? Well, first things first, you want to have a, uh, a, a tire. I recommend be of Goodrich tires, but uh, the, the mud and snow rating, an M and S rating uh, on the tire, that will make a very big difference um, for avoiding loss of traction situations. Um, and then from there, you, you really should take a course in, in, in this sort of driving, but, um, you can counter steer into a, um, into a slide. But, uh, if you just, you know, for people on the air listening, I'd say stay calm and keep it subtle moments or subtle inputs. You don't want to do anything drastic because that can just really, uh, exacerbate the problem and, and put you into a full spin. So just, Stay calm, subtle movements of the steering wheel. If you think about it, okay, now you're, you're, you're sliding. So the, the, the vehicle is not doing what you want it to do. It's not steering the way you want it to steer. So people have a tendency to steer more, but that's actually the wrong thing. It's like, imagine if you were in a negotiation with your, your boyfriend or girlfriend and you asked for something, they <laughs> said no, right? They said no. So you, you don't then ask for more, you ask for less of it right you try to find that little compromise and that's what the steering uh is is doing for you it's it's saying no if you just crank it all the way it's still gonna say no you need to bring it back to center and just steer it just a little bit everything becomes subtle ask for less might win the negotiation 
That's a really good analogy. I I, I just I got learned so much. I know. I'm like that makes so mine. much sense. <laughs> Safety tips, relationship advice, life <laughs> advice. JTU, do it all. Again, thanks for joining us today. And I think Tori and I might take you up on that skydiving. I think we we might have to do that one day. I hope that you do. I hope to hear from you. And thanks for having me on your show. Of course. <laughs> thanks for joining us again. All right. Cheers. Bye bye. Thanks, JT. <laughs> Okay, so I love him, and we need to go skydiving. And literally everyone also, please go to YouTube and just Google JT Holmes because the videos are endless and insane. And you guys can also find more information at HolmesJT.com. That's H-O-L-M-E-S-J-T.com. Tori, I shared my near-death experience. What Have you had any? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, I will say I do have a kind of fear with planes, well, turbulence. Yeah. Because I was going over, I was in like a smaller plane going over the mountains in Colorado. And like our stewardess was like full on, like holding the ceiling, like, like trying to get in her seat. Sorry, I just rustled all my papers right by the mic. Um, and like, it was a point and, and the lights were flashing on and off, um, and there was a point where I thought, this is it. I die when I'm, what, probably 13 years old. <laughs> and now whenever I hit turbulence, I'm always like to the stranger. Even if you're a stranger next to me, I just like grab their arm. I'm like, I'm just so sorry, sir. I just need Do to. Do you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's the worst flying alone because you can't just grab your arm rest. That doesn't do anything. You need to like feel someone else's physical like heartbeat that like, okay, we're alive. It's, we're alive. <laughs> It was crazy listening to JT talk because he's so calm and almost like a bit like introverted and, but I'm introverted and I'm the complete opposite of that. And it it just, you can tell like under pressure, you know, he's good. He he can handle everything and anything that's thrown his way. Like I was watching a video of him where he got stuck in an avalanche and he was literally packed under snow for six minutes and they were having to like shovel it out and he was literally stuck in in the snow for six minutes, could barely breathe and it got him out and he then continues to do this every single day and like he's also had some close friends who have died and... I just don't understand how we can still continue to, like, do this. And it's kind of inspirational. I mean, we talked about this in the very beginning of the episode, how I am just so scared to even take a small step in my life to potentially make a very positive change, yet I'm so scared of what could happen and the possibilities. My mind constantly is running a mile a minute, and I overthink everything. Then you have someone like JT who's living his life to the fullest, doing exactly what he wants and he is so happy so content you can tell that and it was like okay I need to I need to get my life together need to stop being nervous I need to start taking more risks and not be so worried about the negative outcomes and think more about the positive yeah I mean that in itself is TNA right there you guys just we gotta just we gotta just jump full throttle sometimes but we will hit them with one extra golf TNA uh, this is from Alan. You always talk about American courses. Have you ever played at a Scottish course? And if so, did you find the rules more relaxed in comparison to U.S. courses? So I played the Scottish Open, which was at Dundonald Links. And that was my only time that I played in Scotland. I love 
link style courses. I think it fits my game really well. I am not the most accurate driver, and so link style kind of gives me that freedom to hit it uh, really anywhere and have a shot. But it also values creativity. So you are in these situations around the green, and you can hit a billion different shots. And I love that. I love that you could hit a bump and run. You could hit a flop. You could hit uh, a little pitch putt hybrid shot. There's so many things that you can do on link style golf courses that you can't do on American type courses. And I think that's what the game needs more of. You need to be in a situation and have the creativity to pull off these different shots. And right now it's all how far can you hit it? And the creati creativity is kind of starting to disappear. And I think that's what people are not liking about these guys, that bomb and gouge mentality where it takes the creativity out of it. And I really enjoyed going to Scotland for that reason. And also you get the bad weather. I mean, you're on this golf course and it's pouring rain and it's windy and you have to play the golf course the way that it's presented. And I love that. I love that you kind of have to overcome the wind and the rain and hit these knockdown shots and work it all these different ways. And you really have to think your way around a golf course when you're playing a link style course. So I enjoyed playing in Scotland and making the cut there. So it was my, uh, I made a cut in a professional tournament, which most people don't think that I have. So I did. <laughs> um, and it just, I think that I would have had a lot of success playing on link style courses. Or if more courses were like that, I think I would be more successful as a golfer. There you have it. Tori, do you know what a link style course is? No, I have no idea what's going on. Okay, so the courses in the United States are a bit more traditional, the tree-lined golf courses. And so you just have a fairway and then the trees are lining the fairway with link style it's more of like an open field so you can see all the different oh, okay. courses and it more follows the natural land so there's a ton more humps and bumps and breaks and everything's just a little bit different the courses here are a little more manufactured and there it's more natural so those are just kind of the distinct changes or distinct differences from each course so if people are listening and they don't know what a link style course is that that's what it is and that's why i like it because it, it, it mimics the natural land instead of having trees flown in and the grass always looks perfect and it just seems kind of just more real more like yeah. what golf should be in because that's what how golf started is link style and that's how i i like it best but oh my gosh we made it we made it through today's episode. I can't believe we did it. I mean, Josh I'm Dumel, still sweating. JT Holmes. I mean, I get nervous for one interview, and the fact that I had to prep for two of them was it was it was stressful. It was stressful. I know I say that a lot. I think anything I do, I can make it stressful, but. <laughs> It was a good show. I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed today's guest. Um, a bit different than what we normally do. Um, hopefully you guys like hearing their perspective. Go check out JT and his amazing stunts on YouTube and his website. And then also go check out Josh Smell's movie, Buddy Games. It's literally so funny. So, and what else? What else should I should I get a house? Should I not get a house? Write in, email us at par at I .com. <laughs> Uh Send us messages on Instagram, which is playing around. 
you know, life life's tough for me right now, Tori. I'm just playing the world's smallest violin over here. Yeah, I, my... yeah, I can't. I'm like, I'm in my shoebox apartment while you're like, I think I need to get my second home. But shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. I know, I know. I shouldn't be complaining. I should be grateful, which I am. And again, I can't thank you guys enough for always supporting us and listening and writing in and being really so loyal to this community that we built. I mean, we started this in February and this year is almost up and I can't believe that it is where it is. It's just crazy that, I mean, we had, we had Josh Smell on our podcast and it's continuing to grow and get better. And I think we're getting better. Uh, Tori and I are now lifelong friends and with Thanksgiving <laughs> coming up, uh, also send messages on something that you're thankful for. I am thankful for the friendship that I've made with Tori. I'm thankful for all of your support and I, the fact that you continue to listen and watch us just laugh at ourselves and just literally shoot the shit here. So Tori, what are you thankful for? Well, obviously this podcast and learning all about golf this year. I tried. Yeah, not thankful for our friendship. Oh, that's really hurt. I said everything with this. Obviously, that is well, included. I gave you the special shout out and you didn't return the favor. Oh, and there's nothing worse than when you're like, oh, your outfit looks cute. And the person's like, so is yours. And you're like, you really didn't think it. You just had to throw it back. Okay, so I didn't want to just throw it back and make it disingenuous. <sighs> I expect Go a text after this. House. I expect a text. <laughs> Tell me how thankful you are for me. We need, so, to, we need to wrap quicker, so I'm just not getting in the in the hot seat anymore. <laughs> so again, thank you guys. And I could finally say this because this is the first podcast that we're doing video on. I will see you guys next week. I have been saying that the entire time and messing up the entire time. So it's, it's nice to finally say that, and I hope you guys enjoy video. I mean, we... We took the effort. We put some makeup on. We did our hair. I mean, for all for you guys, not not for us. And Tori actually, Shelly did it for Josh Demel. So, <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Follow playing around with Paige Renee on iHeartRadio, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.